Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. I'm dying to hear about your weekend workshop. I'm dying to hear about your weekend. It looked <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, we, his family has a Hamptons house. Nothing crazy, but it's a house in the Hamptons. Like, sure, <laughs> like a totally. Few, right, a few minute drive to the beach and whatnot. And, you know, we've been, we're probably going to go one more time this summer because that's what a trip looks like. Well, totally. COVID, right? right? So it's just another place to be socially distant is basically what the vacation is. But it was lovely. They have a pool in the backyard, so you can't beat that. They're like a two-minute drive from the beach. And things are open, so we putt-putt golfed and, you know, watched the Mets. And it was just lovely. It was a long one because we left Thursday. So we had all Friday, Saturday, came back Sunday. Thanks for asking. It was lovely. Yeah, it looked it looked so nice. The beach looked amazing. Uh, you got charcuterie. It looked amazing. Oh my god, that's uh, how you say it, right? We've been saying that. He he's like he told me just think tomfoolery and say charcuterie. Like it does. That's you know, such a good way of saying it. I was like, it. all right, you know, it, that's my new favorite thing. I don't. Eat oh my pickles. god, right? Oh you my know, god. it's like it's like grown up lunchables. <laughs> that's exactly correct with a side of wine. It, it's like my new favorite thing. Yeah. Right. You I only... just use like, you know, right. Lunchables in a juice box. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that is my favorite metaphor. You're right. You're right. Um, so it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like Jeff and I were just talking about like, we should go to the beach because like I've said before, we love going to the beach at like five o'clock because yeah. no one's there. And you still have like three hours of sun. So it's not like it's dark. It's just yeah. cooler and yeah. And the water's warm by now and it's just nice. A hundred percent. So yeah, no, we were thinking about that and now that like so when we go to the beach, there's normally this really great it's Midwestern tapas, which it's just, you know, normal size portions. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what tapas is, right? Like what we should be eating normally. <laughs> well, like, but the thing is, is, oh my God, it's so delicious. All of their food is so delicious. It's so good. So normally we would just like go there on the way home from the beach because it's casual enough that you can, as long as you're wearing like clothes and not a bathing suit, right? you can walk in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, last time we went, there were little Elsas and Annas because Frozen on Ice was playing across the street. It was the... That's uh, hilarious. And they always have, like, the big wig braid. <laughs> oh, my God. So many. And, yeah. like, ah, uh, it was so cute. But now they're doing takeout because everyone is doing takeout. So we were like, oh, we can just get takeout from that restaurant and bring it to the beach and have our beach picnic yeah. of, like, the best midwestern tapas because that's what everyone thinks of when they go to the beach it's like let's bring midwestern tapas to the beach or your own made charcuterie because that's easy too it really is i've been dying for like real italian food man like uh i mean we've been trying to be so good so like that cheese and meat board was like us taking it to another level it's, but it's good thanks for asking yeah it looked amazing yeah yeah it was, it was lovely how was your workshop it was so good we had the best time like since we could not have awesome ladies live in person yeah this was so cool we had you know, I set it up kind of similar to Awesome Ladies Live where we had a little welcome thing on Friday night and we just kind of hung out and we had a little crop thing where we all hung out and made, um, you know, worked on projects. 
And then Saturday I had two classes and Sunday I had two classes. And one of the cool things is that Zoom now has these breakout groups. So I didn't have to just lecture for right. 90 minutes. Right. Everyone could get into these groups of like four people, three or four or five people and actually talk to other people. So it was like having your own table yeah. at Awesome Ladies Live, which is the best part of like, you know, it's really cool to be a part of a community, but one of the best parts of being in a community is that you get to meet other members of the community. Yeah. And like we've talked about so many times on this show, it is so hard to make adult friends. Yeah. But like when you are, like I just stuck a bunch of women in little groups and they all became friends this, this, uh, this weekend. And I was a little bit nervous about that because it can be a little bit, weird to kind of be on camera you know in a small group of of people that you don't really know but you know everyone was there for something that you were already being a little bit vulnerable about yeah so if you're already there as a woman who is willing to share her story tell her story make a scrapbook about herself then you know that everyone is willing to be a little bit vulnerable. And would you say, like, the amount of time you were engaged was around the same as you would have been for Awesome Ladies Live, or was it shorter because of it was virtual? Well, there was more time on Sunday, so I think mm. it wound up being about the same. I see. And what was cool was uh, we have a Awesome Ladies Zoom room where members can just go in anytime that they want. So a bunch of the members were like, yeah, I'm going to go in right after this class and hang out and work on my project. And some people got up in the morning and went into the room and like the same way that the girls would go and get coffee or hang out in the lounge at the hotel. And so it was a really, really, really cool overall experience. And after being so bummed out that we couldn't get together this year, we really got together. And there are so many people who obvious for, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, they're in different countries or, you know, just don't have the ability to leave for a weekend Mm -hmm. for whatever reason Mm -hmm. were able to virtually attend. And so that was really cool too. Well, that's like, it's almost letting you know that if you ever needed to, Awesome Ladies Live could be virtual. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a good, like, like that's kind of an amazing thing to realize. And that it would still be live, which separates it from just a workshop that you would offer, you know? So yes. it is that live interaction, which I'm so glad that it went well. And, and I'm awesome. so, I'm really, really, really glad that the ladies loved these breakout groups. It made me so happy. And... Because there are, you know, there's a certain type of person who joins the membership. And I'm so glad that these women got to be friends with each other instead of just, you know, being friends with me, which I love being friends with. You know how much I love online friends. You know how much I love everybody in my community. But one of my favorite things is like, Oh, yeah, you should be friends with this person. And right, you should fostering be friends with- connection, which exactly. is your one little word. <laughs> and it's so, like, I'm, I'm loving how this happened. And it's so, so, um, right before lockdown, quarantine, weirdness, I went to this retreat on Lake Michigan run by... Her name is Kaylin. She runs Sweetwater Floral. She is so, she's so cool. Um, I'm like obsessed with her. And her and I sat down and she did little one on, it's a, it's a business retreat for small women business owners. She runs it every year. And, you know, there are a couple of business classes. She runs it very similar to Awesome Ladies Live. You know, there's a welcome session and then there's a bunch of business classes. And then she does one-on-one talks with everyone there about, what are some ways that you could move forward with your business? And one of the things that we talked about very seriously was more live events and having, you know, Awesome Ladies Live. How can I make Awesome Ladies Live bigger? 
what can I do? Even if I don't want to have more people and a certain number of people, like I I don't know if I ever want Awesome Ladies Live to be a hundred people, right? But I could make the event bigger in scope, if not bigger in scale. Mm-hmm. And you know, I could run like a like a find your voice retreat, mm-hmm. or I could run a book of me retreat where we yeah. work on a single project and have that be a more expensive retreat at a you know a more exclusive place where we got like a chef or something like a more. And then I could run something that's even, you know, for for all the different price ranges. And we talked about, like, live events are something that, one, I really like. Two, I'm I'm good at. And three, people want that kind of experience. And, like, that's something that people are willing to pay for. Right. I like your thinking, Tweedale. And now we're here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now it's like, okay. Well, we just, and, like, we talked about it. We had really good ideas because she is a whiz at live events. I mean, she does, you know, flowers for weddings. She owns a farm where she has all sorts of different things. And it's like, okay. Sweet water floral is it called? Yeah. Yeah, she has a cool TEDx talk. She's um yeah, you guys should all watch her TEDx talk. It's on um it's called Focal Filler Flare. She's so good. Oh my god. Um and so now that one part of my business that I really wanted to like amp up is just like deflated so <laughs> deflated like it deflated to the fact you know when you get so growing up i spent a lot of time at my grandpa's car shop and you know people would come in with flat tires and there would be the kind of flat tire that you could fix no problem you patch it up no problem and then there's the other kind of flat tire where it's like okay this tire is dead you need to just go and buy a new right. tire And I feel like that is kind of what happened with my deflated, let's just have more live events. Because it's like, well, I can't even, I feel like I'm planning them like as if I were a, you know, a 12 year old planning her dream wedding. (laughs) Because it's not like I can go and see places. I I can, everything is so theoretical. Yes. That why am I going to waste my time? my business time thinking about theoretical things when I can just plan things that are tangible here and now, like live daily pages lessons, mm-hmm. like book of me boot camp. Um, next month we're going to be doing a photo challenge, things that exist here and now instead of like, Oh yeah, maybe in 2021 or 2022. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. That's going to have three twos in it? I don't know how I'm going to deal. It's not not possible. Yeah. That'll be your most challenging year yet. (laughs) No, but I was was nodding my head so hard at what you just said because I feel like any of our listeners that are small business owners, like – they need to be reminded of that. Like, like, what are you thinking about potentially and theoretically as opposed to even in this state of being you can do right now for your business? I think it's always an important reminder. Yeah, and I think even life. Yeah. Because, like, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many different things. Like, what are you doing right now in terms of food? Or in terms of, like, holiday plans? Yeah. In terms of school? In terms of, like, vacation. Right. Um, like, you know, my parents were going to come out and visit us this year. They they literally bought a car. My parents, for the first time, like, went out and bought a new car. For the, you know, one of these purposes was so that they could feel more comfortable driving all, you know, a thousand miles to come drive out and see us and my sister. Yeah. And, you know, now we're here. But now they have a brand new car that they can just drive around and see all the things since they can't go in any stores. So they're very excited about that. Yeah, big move. Well, they hold on. They love listening to the podcast now in oh. the car. Oh. And it just comes up. The, like the whole thing just comes out bright on the display. So it's awesome. like, you know, they see the little logo and everything. It's so cute. <laughs> that so, makes yeah. me so happy. Actually. I know, right? Isn't it fantastic? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because you said before, uh, you said the phrase, now we're here. And that made me think of the song started from the bottom. Now we're here. But it 2020 is more like started from the top. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> say all that. Hold on. You have to say all of that over again because you get, you're getting something and now I need to know what you just said. No, you said, and now we're here, like in 2020, like the shit show of a year. So the song goes, 
we started from the bottom, now we're here. But that makes me think, like, 2020 makes me think, like, we started at the top, now we're here. It's like, I don't know. The slippery slope downward. Right. It's like, but I don't know. I've been, there's a lot of silver linings of this year, if you really look at them. Oh, yeah, no, it, there's a lot that is, I don't want to say good. Well, that that's not true. There's a lot. Well, we, we said 2020, like, clear, clearer vision, like a lot of clarity about about a lot of things and yeah. you have to figure out a lot of things for yourself and there's a lot of ways that it makes you know one it makes you know yourself better it makes you know the things that you care about better it makes you figure out relationships and who you can trust better and it makes you one of the things i think is so cool is that now i have my message of your story matters and it's so much easier to tell people like even if you think your life is boring and mundane now that you're sitting in your house it's even more boring it's more (laughs) mundane but it's so much more important yeah because the way that you're telling your story is obviously now uniquely different than every single other person Mm -hmm. because whatever you've gone through up until now is different and the way that you're going through this incredibly strange year is also completely unique no one else is going through this situation exactly how you're going through it right like depending on where you live depending on how you're employed or unemployed depending on you know do you have kids? What is their education situation? Do you have, you know, who's living with you? What's their leaving the house situation? Do you live in a place that is filled with less responsible people? Right. And like we can go on and on and on about all of these different things and all of those are factors and context to your own story even if you don't just like don't ever leave your house like i don't ever leave my house (laughs) like no that's that's not exactly true i left the house last thursday and i went to the doctor and i got rcsa vegetables um i can't remember the last time i would oh i know i went into horrocks like six weeks ago but like, why? If I <laughs> it's don't, fun there. If I don't, oh, oh yeah, oh no, it is fun there. But I like I needed things. Yeah. Like I needed more honey. That's the only place I get my honey. I needed more pine nuts, like, or like some kind of spice. I think I got the pine nuts at Whole Foods. But yeah, like, until I need something, I'm not gonna go into a store just like, right, for the heck of it. Right. Like I. There are so many other ways for me to be entertained than to, like, go into stores. So that's a long-winded tangent to say that even if you just sit in your house right now, even if you, you know, the only thing that you do is commute to work, work your shift, then come home, documenting your life is incredibly important. And there's so many different ways that you can document your life. And the thing that we're going to talk about today is the different ways that I like to break it down. So I think that there is a really easy way to break down the things that we use to document our life. And I like to think about it in terms of pictures, paper supplies, paper crafting supplies, pictures, paper crafting supplies, the bits of life, and then words. And I think words kind of filter in through all of those a little bit. So words are kind of their own little category off to the side. So I love this. And these these um, ways of breaking down how you document, you kind of worked into your workshop this past weekend, right? Yeah, we talked about it a lot this weekend because it's I think it's so tough to 
just start, you know, documenting your life. Just be like, okay, uh, now and now I'm going to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to take pictures of myself and now I'm just going to do it. And for me, and I think people who really want to do this kind of thing, the easiest way to do it is to break it down into manageable parts. Mm-hmm. Because usually we're kind of stuck on one part or another part. And if we can get through the easy parts and then figure out what the hard part is, then just tackling that hard part makes it much more simpler to get the entire thing done. Because for me, I can tackle things one of two ways, depending on what my energy level is. Is If I know that there are four things that need to get done and one is harder than the other, if I'm feeling like if I know I have a lot of energy up front, Mm-hmm. I'll tackle that hard thing first and be like, okay, I will get the hard thing out of the way because I have a lot of energy right now. And I know if I tackle the hard thing, then I can just see like, oh, easy thing. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Mm-hmm. If I am feeling a little bit like I I need a, a boost of energy to, to like get me started, I need some motivation, I'll do the easy things first so I can kind of like get the ball rolling. I can kind of feel a little bit better about myself and then I'll leave that hard thing till the end Mm -hmm. because one I'll either get a little bit of motivation two I will kind of see where I'm going with steps one two and three and feel like okay well I did this I did this I did this and now it'll help me figure out what I want to do with that fourth harder thing yeah and if none of that works then I will ask someone else for help And what an I'm, underused right, and, tool, and I think, usually. Well, like, that's, that's the thing is that, like, when we don't break things down and we are looking at them, you know, big picture, and we're kind of staring at them, and we don't know what to do, we're afraid to ask for help because we don't really know what to ask for help for. Right. And it's overwhelming, and, like... You know, what, you know, what do we even ask for help? Who do we ask? What do we do? But when we break it down and say, like, okay, cool. Well, what, what kind of pictures do I want? You know, what kind of paper supplies am I going to use? You know, do I want to bring in bits of life? Do I have any memorabilia? Do I have ephemera? Do I have any stuff that I want to use for this story? And you take, you know, section one, you take section two, you take section three, and then you ask, you know, what... Do I want to do some journaling? Do I What kind of words do I want to add to this story? You break each of them down. And I have a really fun worksheet. Are worksheets fun? I really like worksheets. So They can be, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, maybe this is why I have so many teachers in the Awesome Ladies Project. Because I like worksheets and teachers like <laughs> worksheets. I think this might, this might be one of the things that... Uh, that draws teachers to me, which is always, it's always so fun. I get a new member and I'm like, oh, there's a 50-50 chance that they have some type of education <laughs> in their <laughs> education in their background. Um, so I have this worksheet where it's called the, the plan of action. And it literally has those four things, like what pictures are you going to use? What supplies are you going to use? Like what paper supplies are you going to use? What, you know, bits of life do you want? And what words? Because... If you know the answers to three of those questions, you can get so far on your project that the other stuff might just happen. Right. And when you answer these questions like, oh, okay, cool. What kind of pictures do I want? What kind of pictures do I want? And you answer those questions so many times in a row, that's how you find out your style. Mm-hmm. And with me, like, there's so many different ways in which these things things overlap with the stuff that we talked in about in our last show with the different story styles everyday adventure and introspective these are the different types of things that fit into those story styles like Mm -hmm. for my everyday stories i don't do a lot of journaling so there's not a lot of words in the form of journaling what i like to do with my words are like one word titles and so 
when you break down the category, so let's break down the category. So let's talk about pictures. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about taking photographs during hard times. And one of the things that I said is that when you are scrapbooking your life, when you are documenting your stories, you do not have to use your own pictures. You do not have to use your own photos. And so I like using the word pictures there on purpose because it's not specifically photography. Mm -hmm. And so there are lots of different ways that you can tell your stories, even if you don't have your photo that you love. Yeah, because I feel like any kind of creation, whether it's documenting something from your life or just art, like is about imagery. So like, that's kind of what you're saying, like to be able to pull any sort of imagery that's gonna be in alignment with what you want to say. Absolutely. And so if you want to sketch something, if you want to pull somebody else's photograph, like unsplash.com is a great resource for photos that you can use. Uh, they are totally of the, the creative commons license will allow you to do whatever you want with those photos in your scrapbooks. You can cut papers out, you know, cut pictures out from the newspaper, all of these things. And so like when I say cut papers, cut pictures out from the newspaper, screenshot, same thing. All of those things are images that will help you tell your story. And so not having the perfect photo does not preclude you from telling the story you want to tell. And I think one of those right. things, we, we get caught up on this a lot because tra traditional modern scrapbooking has us start with the picture. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't have the picture, you get all jumbled. And so you can use any image you want. You can, like I said, uh, on that episode, one of my favorite scrapbooks of all time is this Beijing Olympic scrapbook that I made. And obviously none of those photos are mine. I have never been to Beijing. <laughs> and so like they, they all came from the internet, you know, right. Google image search. And then you can go to Google image search. And Judy, one of the ALP members told me this weekend, she uses Google image search. And then you just toggle the setting that's like for free and commercial use. Yeah. So there are so many ways that you can find pictures for you to tell your story with that are not just your pictures. So don't ever let that be the, the barrier. Yeah, and I also think the barrier happens because we need to reframe our brain going into our stories that we document as this thing is going to live for a long time. And when I revisit it, how do I want to feel? So like when you revisit something that you have a picture of the Beijing Olympics, like you're going to revisit it and go, oh, yeah, I remember. Like it's not going to be what happens before you put the image in or, or that thing that happens when you go, oh, no, I don't have my own image. Like this is going to be bad because like the pre- brain voice that happens before you just jump right into this project or like just jump right into the documenting the after brain voice no matter what image you decide it is going to go oh yeah that story like i find that happening sometimes when i revisit my albums i'll see something that i look at like a picture whatever it is that i originally struggled with because it wasn't mine or it didn't look good but all that happens is the happiness for the story to be there <laughs> like so that's a that's another way that we could think about it. Like, don't fret too much about like where you're getting the image. Just make sure the story gets told, kinda. right? And and I think that goes for any one part, which is why I really like breaking this down mm -hmm. because we have we all have roadblocks. We all have creative blocks. We all have and and this all comes back to you know decision fatigue. This all comes back to we're going to get tired doing this work because mm -hmm. it is work. It's fun work. It's awesome work. It makes us feel really, really good, but it is still work. Like it, it will tire us out. And right. when we have to make really hard decisions, that makes it that much harder. So in trying to make it more easy, more fun, more part of our creative flow, which is one mm -hmm. of the, the ways that Lisa Congdon talks about, 
the path in in our book club chapter that we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. In in trying to get to that place, your creative flow place, breaking things down really helps to manage those decisions. Yeah. Which is why I think it's such a good follow-up to our last few episodes. You're really good at that lately. But Thank yes. You. Yes, I agree. So, okay, so pictures we've got, you know, and and there's a couple other things that you can make with, you know, decision-making when it comes to pictures. Like, what camera are you going to use? And I think it's, we've all gotten really good about, well, now we just use our mobile phones because mm-hmm. they're really great cameras. Sure. We don't worry about not taking out the big camera because we know the best camera we have is the camera we have with us. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten better about that. So, like, that's really good. And then the other place we can get caught up is how to print our pictures. And, I mean, we could talk forever about that. We could have a whole like, episode yeah. Yeah. about that. Yeah, I feel that too, yeah. Um, I know I have, there's a master class inside the Awesome Ladies Collective, Five Ways I Print My Photos, oh. which is how I do it. I use Groovebook. I use, uh, you know, I, sometimes I'll go to CVS or Walgreens. I have my big 11 by 17 printer, which is amazing. Uh, you can do persnickety prints, which I've done many times. Love persnickety prints. And there's a bunch of other different ways that you can use to print out your photos depending on what your situation is. And our friend Amber Kempkerstel has a really great resources page at yaydaypaper slash resources on her favorite at-home printers and other, you know, cutting tools. And she's, you know, she's the lady to talk about because she has literally tested like every at-home printer for Yay Day paper. Yeah, Yay Day's whole shtick is we make things that you could print. So she, that's a great resource. Yeah, she's yeah, the person cool. to talk to. I trust her. Cool. Um, and then the next thing is paper. The next category is paper. And then I think everything... <sighs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everything that is paper supplies, like everything you could buy at the craft store, falls into this category. Mm-hmm. And this is so... This is where I want everyone to get that the things that you pick out tell so much of your story. Oh, I like where you went there. Yeah. Like you can pick out patterned paper and you can pick out stickers and you can pick out washi tape and every single little bit that you pick out says something about you. Mm-hmm. Like our friend Julie, she's making a book of me and it's going in a purple album and she's going to use purple stamps. And she's going to do a lot of things in purple. And I know I'm picking on Julie because I talked about her during Book of Me about the exact same thing. <laughs> but just, it's such a great example. She is, this is exactly what I'm I'm trying to get at here. Is that like, even if Julie doesn't make a giant page and stamp purple on it, you're going to know that Julie's favorite color is purple. Yeah. Like there's it's no, so you know. so much a part of her story. Right. <laughs> You know, you wouldn't pick out a purple album and stamp lots of purple and have all your purple patterned papers and your favorite purple things in your book if your favorite color was green. Yeah. Like, like that, 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 that. Yeah. And, and so, like, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that obvious for it to exist. Right. But the things that you pick out are part of your story. If, like, if you have an Allie Edwards kit and you use Allie Edwards stuff on your in your story all the time, it probably means that the things Allie does and creates speak to you. And it doesn't have to mean that you are obsessed with Allie Edwards and her life and her story. It just means that, like, you know, her quote cards speak to you or you like her handwriting. And it doesn't have to be a specific thing. It doesn't have to mean that, like, every single person who buys things from Allie, that same exact thing is the exact same meaning that comes out on everybody's scrapbooks. Like, that... And you don't have to dictate what it is that it means you don't even have to know what it means but it means something you know when you pick the red paper over the blue paper it means something and it might just mean that you know today you feel more red than you feel blue and that's perfectly fine but it's enough to use to document exactly yeah and you know having a style that's more minimalist is saying 
something as opposed to having a style that's more maximalist. Like, and there is no inherent value in either or, but it just is. Yeah. Which is why I'm a huge fan of buying and using the things that you like and learning about yourself through products. Which is why I love that Allie has these product play workshops. Yeah. Because you can learn so much about yourself by playing with the things that you like to play with. And I like we I we don't do this enough as adults. Right. Even calling it play is exciting and it encourages you to use it because like you know we're so our brains are so uh find your artistic voice by Lisa Congdon because we've been reading it for book club but she says that, that like the only path to a voice and the only path to a style and the only path to documenting with ease is to do all that you know it doesn't come without play and without using the stuff that you have <laughs> right and so like this is exactly what happened to me when I created daily pages mm-hmm. I was feeling so blocked like so just creatively blocked I was going to my desk the only time I was creating things were for deadlines and like one scrap up page was taking me hours and it was just like what are you doing what is actually <laughs> wrong with you and I was like I need to practice mm-hmm. a small amount each day I need a place where I can mess up and just like screw around and I mean, I think we've talked about this a couple of times, like, with scrapbooking, it's hard to practice. Like, you're either scrapbooking or you're not. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. crocheting, you can practice your stitches, you know, and then you just pull them out afterwards. If You know, it's very easy to practice a lot of other hobbies. Watercolors, you can practice mixing your watercolors. Scrapbooking... You can practice different techniques, like if you want to stamp things, or if you want to... But, like, that's stamping. It's not scrapbooking. Right. Scrapbooking, either you're making a scrapbook page, and you've made a page, or you're doing something else. Yeah. (laughs) And and so I came up with, you know, I came up with daily pages to, like, you know, make a mini scrapbook inside of a notebook, and I was just going to do it for the summer. But having this place every single day where I can just... Like, literally just F around. Mm-hmm. It, it's so freeing. And it's this place where I get to decide, okay, I really like using this stuff. Or I really don't like using this stuff. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the last week I have been really using floral patterns. And I'm not a floral pattern person. But because I've wanted to play with different things these big bold floral patterns have worked the best like I wanted to do a monochromatic page with a specific journaling card and I had a really great mustardy daisy like floral patterned paper and I was like this is the exact right color and it looks fantastic (laughs) and then today I wanted to do some fussy cutting uh, what is that what is that even called like dimensional embellishment creating like so I I had a piece of patterned paper floral very cool and then I took another sheet of that same patterned paper and fussy cut several of the flowers and put them at different dimensions with pop dots and foam dots I love that a little Brandy Kincaid asks she does that sometimes she like fussy cuts her flowers I love it I've never asked maybe I have maybe we've talked about this and I don't remember but is it important to you that Daily Pages is in a little book? Well, I tried doing it in a larger traveler's notebook one time. Mm-hmm. And I was bad at it. Hmm. Like, it, I really wanted it to work. And I did it in one of the Studio Calico traveler's notebooks so that even the pages were a little bit helped. Mm-hmm. Like, Heftier, it, yeah. It, it, didn't, it did not work for me. Okay, so everyone listening, you usually do it in a field notes in case they didn't know. Yeah, I usually do it in a field notes or a scout book, and they are three and a half inches wide by five and a half inches tall, and the scout books, I think, are an inch and a uh, half inch shorter, so they're five inches. I Yes, I've tried it in a little bit of a larger notebook. Some people have a better 
some people like the larger notebook. Mm-hmm. And some people like doing a single page uh, every day. Mm-hmm. I like doing the double page spread, so that is one of the reasons I really like doing it in the smaller notebook, I think. If, it, if I were doing just one page, I think I would do it... Um, I think I would be have an easier time doing it in a larger notebook, but but I have tried doing it in in the larger notebooks, and it's a lot harder for me. And it just proves the point, or makes the point, as far as this episode goes, is like is like um, you can use what is it the paper supplies, or like even the next one, the bits of life, like in such a tiny way every day that it's going to make a difference overall. Like, yes. or tell your story in such a tiny way that it'll make a difference overall. Like sometimes, you know, bigger, if you want to do daily pages, is that fine. But like, it can be done small. It's like when people say, I'd rather run a marathon than run like a measly two blocks every day. Well, like, you're not going to run a marathon <laughs> unless right. you do two, a few blocks every day. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things is like, and especially getting into the bits of life is that we gather so many tiny little bits of life all the time. And then I know me, and that's like, this is one of the things why I create challenges in the first place is always because I am, I personally need the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the challenges that I have had over the years are so good and authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they are for me and I need them. Yeah, right. And so, like, this one, there's so many tiny little things that I gather. And I'm never going to just create a large scrapbook page for some of the tiny little things that I pick up. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessarily because I don't think that they're worthy of a page, but it's just that I have so much stuff mm-hmm. that I don't think I'm ever going to get through the stuff to make as many pages as I want to make when I have so many stories that I want to tell that are worthy of actual pages first. Right. That makes so much sense to me. Right. That's like happening to me lately. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I, I would love to tell tiny little stories of these tiny little bits. And so like, yes. All right. Stick the business card in the daily page. Oh, this restaurant was great. Oh, t- got mm-hmm. takeout from here. Oh yes. Like, and like, Oh, this movie was great. Fantastic. Like tiny little things like that. And then that's a whole page. That's a whole story. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one thing documented. And if you find that, like, oh, I don't really like the business cards in my daily pages. Cool. Don't do them anymore. Like, figuring out what you like, figuring out what you don't like, figuring out the bits that you like to collect. Like, I love, and this, this was one of the things that was really nice about going to restaurants in New York was they always had, and basically all the places in New York, because they're, it's New York. Everyone has really, really, really nice, like, on-brand paper things. Right. So, like, you know, takeout menus are fantastic. Like, gallery brochures. And those things can just be turned into scrapbook stuff like you know if you get a gallery brochure that's patterned paper yeah it's paper with a pattern on it like just because it's not 12 by 12 and you didn't buy it at michael's doesn't mean it's not patterned paper. and it didn't say pattern paper for documenting on the title somewhere exactly (laughs) yeah and so like if you think that it is a paper supply that you want to use then it's a paper supply that you want to use and like even That's how we get to tell our stories uniquely in a way that is totally our own. Mm -hmm. Is that we get to pick up these tiny things that, sure, you know, everyone who goes to this restaurant can pick up the takeout menu. But how many people are scrapbooking that takeout menu? Right. Not that many. um, One of the barbecue places back at home... Their takeout menu was on black paper. The front was all menu, and then the back was just in silver ink. It was little cows and little pigs. Obsessed. Uh, And you can't, like, 
people that design scrapbook products don't come up with things like that. I mean, Kelly Perky might, let's be real. <laughs> but like, but like that is legit scrapbook paper designed by a not scrapbooking for a not right. scrapbooking reason. Yeah, exactly. And so like that's those bits of life are amazing. Yeah. Like you go to the county fair and then you get all that stuff at the county fair and it's like, oh, it's like all that stuff at October Afternoon designed eight years ago, except it <laughs> is actually from the county fair. Yeah. And a little note of bits of life. I mean, I'm not the best at this either, but it has helped. Like the organizing of that and the, and the systems you put in place are definitely going to help have you to have you use them to document. Like I have a, a fortune cookie stat, a fortune cookie message stash, like to know where that kind of things are. Like sometimes I do that and it helps. Otherwise it's just like big shoe box of t- 2020, you know, <laughs> just like a collection, even breaking it up by years or like categories maybe might help but if not like not but that could help i think yeah that's such a great idea my fortune cookie ones are the other ones that i think the ones i like i hold on to you know i love that yeah and so i think the last thing that i want to dive into and it's not so it's like a fourth category but the thing is is that it weaves its way into all of the other categories yeah and it's words And so I know that everyone jumps to the conclusion of journaling. You have to have journaling in your scrapbooks. And I don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, is that it would be awesome if we could all write a thousand words about every story that we ever wanted to tell. But that's not realistic. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of us just don't want to write a thousand words, can't write a thousand words. You know, that's, if journaling is a barrier for you and it's a matter of telling a story or, you know, telling a story without journaling, making a page without journaling, or not making the page at all, make the page. Yeah. And, well, I think, like, the whole thing with words and incorporating words into, you know, breaking down how to document your life and these categories that you made is like you have to pick at any given time which one of these four things is going to be the star. So like some if words is going to be the star, then maybe you'll add a photo to complement the words. But if the photo is going to be the star, maybe you're going to add a few words to complement the photo. So it's almost like juggling between which one at any point you want to make the star. Yes, very much so. And there's so many different ways that you can add words into your stories that are not journaling. Right. Like, there are titles. There are, I I love titles. I think Mm -hmm. titles are one of the most, I don't want to say underutilized because we utilize them. They're just underappreciated. They're one of the most underappreciated ways of actually getting words inside of your stories. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, on a page, especially if you're doing smaller size pages now, or you're doing Project Life, or you're doing, you know, memory keeping in your planner, there's not a lot of space for a lot of journaling. Like, it's different if you're doing, you know, traditional 12 by 12 layouts, then you have room to do some paragraphs of journaling. But in our smaller sizes, 6 by 8, 4 by 6, traveler's notebooks, we, unless you have tiny handwriting, or you're going to print your journaling on the computer, which is a totally valid option. I love me some digital journaling. Then you're going to kind of be in a in a weird journaling amount range. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one paragraph, two paragraphs. And I find that to be... It's hard to tell a story in one paragraph. And so, like, you can give a synopsis. Like... 
But in like these situations, I really like doing something more like lists. Mm-hmm. Here's a bullet list. Here is, you know, a very simple quote or use some lyrics. Mm-hmm. Something that I've been really into right now is um, journaling strips, creating journaling strips, because one of my biggest problems with my handwriting is that I can't ever keep my letters straight or the same size. Mm-hmm. So journaling strips force me to keep my letters straight and the same size. Great tool. It's it's been really it's been really helpful. And so I think that you are absolutely right. If you want if you have a story that is five paragraphs, if you have a story that is a lot of journaling, then that is like that is also going to be something that is very visual. Yeah. And you need to incorporate that into your paper somehow. And like that has to be part of your supplies. You need to figure out how are you going to get those words in into your story. That has to be part of your paper supplies. Question. Yeah. Because it's going to be difficult. Like that, that's a big design decision. Because are you, like I know for me, there's no way I could handwrite that onto the pages that I am currently creating. So I would yeah. need to do it digitally. And so that is a design, a de- that is a design decision. Ooh, those are words to say together. <laughs> Good job. Design decision. Yeah. Yeah. The mouth does not like that. And so many of the decisions that we make, I think when it comes to words are actually design decisions. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll block off a part of my paper that I want to journal on and I have a problem if what I want to say doesn't fill it. Sometimes, so I, I just start rambling. I go, and life is this, and this is this, just to fill the space. Like, if you really read it, the first two sentences are what I wanted to say, but the other two sentences I needed to fill the space. So I run into that. I do run into, like, I have a lot to say, but not a lot of space. Oh, this has to go size eight digitally. Like, you're right. Like, when you do want to say a lot, it or a does. Little. Or a little. It does affect what the people are visually seeing you're right i i was thinking of words in terms of how it helped me today uh how it helped me recently is before i left for the hamptons on thursday i've been trying to get a little more regular on my blog whenever i say that never happens but like that's been where i want to document lately is my blog so i wanted to post i've been having for like a week in my head like life update summer 2020 right like there's a lot of things i want to say But when I sat down to write, just life update was like, I didn't have the words for such a big title, I guess. Or like, so what I did, it was on a Thursday that we left. I was like, oh, Thursday, Thursday three. And I just picked like, on my blog, I've literally just been using Thursday three to get three things. Like once I just titled that and knew how that worked, how you formatted it for us, like post done. Like it's that too. I think sometimes I I said it in, I thought about it in terms of when you were talking about the bits of life and how you could have so many bits of life. How do you tell all those stories? Pick three. You know, like sometimes that too is like, that's, that's something I struggled with with words this week. And then I just got the words out by picking three things to update instead of. Yeah. And I think that comes back around to creating a box and giving yourself that box to be inside before you try to step out of it. Right. Even physically, visually, like yes. you were saying. Right. No matter what. And like, this is why I really like breaking things down and giving them categories because it gives us that box, both like sometimes physically, sometimes metaphorically, of am I using pictures? What pictures am I using? Am I using paper supplies? What paper supplies am I using? Am I using bits of life? What bits of life am I using? And then usually you'll, like, if you have a story in mind, you'll know about how much you want to say about the story. Mm-hmm. And once you pick any of those things out, you have parameters set. Like, if you mm-hmm. pick out a 12 by 12 sheet of paper, you're going to have some parameters set. If you pick out, a, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm telling this story in my daily pages, you're not going to have a lot of room to journal. I mean, maybe yeah. somebody who has bigger daily pages will, but, like, 
I will not have a lot of room to journal. And so that is a, that's a big decision. So like if maybe I have, you know, I have a Texas album that I still have yet to make. I know that I want to make it into a mini album because I have a lot of little stories I want to tell. I have some big stories that I want to tell. And I know that I need the room to tell some of those stories with words because I didn't have pictures. And I, you know, there aren't really great images to tell some of those stories and they need to be told with words. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be some space to tell those stories with words. So I need to have the paper supplies to be able to give myself the room to do that. Mm -hmm. And like, also, words can find themselves into pictures. If we take screenshots of things, if we just put like newspaper articles in our scrapbooks, if we print out, you know, little graduation certificates and stuff, all those things, like lots of times images and ephemera and all of these things have words on them. And those are things that tell the story. And so words and like even letter stickers, all these things are ways that words can appear in our projects without us having to journal. Mm-hmm. I think this is the most like universal heading of journal, like universal right. title that could be applied. Like you could literally stick any ephemera and just big letters, the word this, and that's your journal. That's your right. story. You're that's done. your, t- yeah. And, yeah. And, and being able to do that, just having that option is super powerful. Yeah. And there are so many different ways to journal. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not trying to harp on journaling as a bad thing. But there are so many of us who get stuck, especially on a blank page, and are like, well, I don't know what to say about this story. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I, you know, I have this photo. I have these supplies. I want to use them. But I don't know how to journal. I don't know what to journal. I don't know where to start my journaling. That's okay. There's so many different ways that you can get words into your story. There's so many different ways that you can journal in tiny amounts. Lyrics, captions, quotes, other people's words, tiny little mind maps. Just a simple, you know, this Mm -hmm. this is what happened today's story tiny you know like one of the best things that you can do is like honestly go to somebody's if go to somebody's stamp store go to somebody's sticker store look at all the sentiments they have let that be let that be a start to your journaling didn't Allie recently come up with what was her new like traveler's notebook like prompt was it called noticing it was the notice the art of noticing yeah and just by calling it that, anything you notice became documented, which yes. is naturally what documenting is anyway. But like just by giving it that title, like I feel like if you had a book, if you had Travis Notebook and just stamp this or like you're saying, pick that word that that resonates with you at the stamp shop and that dictates just anything. But now you're contextualizing anything <laughs> like, yeah, which is like how words can work there, how photos can work to tell a story. Yeah. And so whatever works for you. And, like, journaling is the thing that's hard for me, so that's what I'm harping on. Mm. If photography is hard for you, then make all the other things the easy things. There's no reason why you have to have photos in your pages. Use other images. Draw something. Just use screenshots. Anything, anything at all to help you tell your story and make it easier for you. I think this was a good talk. So good. These these past few weeks of episodes just like they go fast. <laughs> I feel like we're like on a roll and they just go fast for me. I hope me you too. too and listeners. Yeah, guys, I hope they go fast for well, I know it fast or slow, whatever it is that you need. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I hope it works for you. So, we're going to head to after chatter and then also later on this week you can hear us talk about find your artistic voice. We're reading chapter 3. And this is by Lisa Congdon. I'm excited about this chapter. It's called The Path. Yeah. And she also breaks it down, too. And so I, she breaks things down. I, yeah. love, I love when people break things down. Huge fan of systems. 
So we are going to go over to After Chatter. I think we'll talk a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit more about our weekends. I want to hear okay. more about the Hamptons. Okay. And I want to tell you more about Book of Me and some other things that are coming up. We're going to do a photo challenge next month. So I want to talk about that. And I'm so excited about basically everything. I'm just, I just love summer. I love summer so much. And like, I don't know, August... We'll see what happens with school. But August is like... The tomatoes yeah. have started, so I am, like, really excited. Yeah. All right, guys. We will catch you next week with another awesome episode. You can come join the community at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash craftyassfemale, and we hope that you have a really, really awesome rest of your week. Bye, guys. Bye.